This is your host, Sam Jarocki from J-Rock Lawn Care and Gardening. Speaking about all things lawn care, garden related and business wise, whether you do this at home for a bit of fun or if you're trying to break into the business, sit tight and enjoy the podcast. Hello everyone and welcome back to this week's J-Rock's Green Industry Podcast. And this one is titled, Hate It or Love It, It's Part of the Journey. And this week we are joined by Ben Morrison from Morrison Lawn and Landscape on episode number 82. So if you skip back a little bit, you'll find Ben's interview that we did quite a few months ago now that is within the podcast and uh, episodes there where you can find out about Ben and how he sort of runs his business and, you know, his setup, all that sort of stuff that you've been listening to over the last sort of few weeks or a couple of months, really. You can find that for Ben, you know, if you search on back there. I'll put the uh, link to that in the show notes at the very end. But for this one, we're talking about everything, you know, that's good and bad personally to our to our, um, to our own, you know, thoughts and experiences that we found within the industry, whether it's sort of employees, money, different types of work, whatever it is. And we're just going to have like an open discussion on this week's podcast about that. So, Ben, thank you very much for joining us this week as our guest on this podcast. How are you doing? Yeah, Sam, no, I'm thanks. It's uh, good to be back again. Yeah. Um, I'm a bit tired after yesterday's uh, <laughs> job. Yeah, but... Um, but yeah, no, it's good to good to get on and have a chat. You know, I think it's one of them great things, you know, the fact that... So if, as for those that haven't listened to them previous episodes or the previous episode with me and Ben, Ben is roughly 40 minutes there or thereabouts from my location up here in the northeast of Scotland. And from time to time again... I get in touch with Ben and I say, Ben, I need you. <laughs> I need your help on this one. Do you fancy jumping in and, you know, we'll collaborate on a job? And we've done it a good couple of times now, but, I mean, it was a hell of a job yesterday, wasn't it, removing yeah. that little Andy? It was some mission, wasn't it? It was um, it was hard going, you know, it's all day. Um, but no, it was good to, good to get it done. As well, like, when, when I'm doing jobs with other people, that isn't, essentially you know my job you know that was kind of your, that was your contact it was your job so i didn't really feel like you know like a you know didn't really feel like work don't get me wrong it was really hard work but it was just that kind of different kind of feeling when you come together with another person on a job i think it's just that different environment really you know different people you're working with and that it's uh it's good to get a wee change now and again so yeah, yeah. i enjoyed it no i i definitely i found that even though it was you know my lead so to speak I definitely seen that as in you work separately. Like so, when you when you bring someone in, and for those that have worked with subcontractors before, you know, I don't know how it would be with someone that you don't know at all how you'd go by like finding your feet with that. But you know, more or less from the off, you know, when I mean, there was five of us on the job. There was me and Dale, Dale who works going to be working alongside me this year, and then Ben, you had two of your employees with you. So you know, f- five of us in total, and. All it took was, I think we spent two minutes at the start going, right, we'll start this end, you start that end. Yeah. And we kind of just run, you know, our, our own teams, team one and team two, so to speak, you know, in, in our own ways. And but like together, you know, so it, I think it ran effortless, effortlessly, you know, to bring something together like that. Yeah, no, definitely. I think I think it's probably the nature of the job. You know, it was a big sort of horseshoe shaped hedge. You know, I started one side, you started the other, and we weren't really in each other's way either, you know, so, yeah. Um, you know, you had Dale shifting the branches for you, and I had my guys um, shifting the branches for me, so I, it worked well, and the, and the customer, of course. 
<laughs> now that's a weird one. I mean, so what we had on this job is the customer was absolutely keen as mustard. Uh, he really didn't want to not be part of it. You know, he'd mentioned it so many times during the consultation when we were on site. And it was one of them that even though you're kind of like, you know, try, like, you know, chainsaws are getting used, chippers are getting used, like try not to be on site sort of thing. He was just there, like, and, you know, fair play at one <laughs> yeah, you know, not like he was doing any of the cutting or out like that, but he was just, you know, pulling brush out the way and ferrying it to the chipper. And yeah, that's it. But uh, that was a weird one. I must say, the only thing I felt uncomfortable about was the fact that he was there sort of doing it. But it's kind of hard to tell a client, look, get out your own garden, just sit in the house, you know, we'll be done in eight hours. You know what I mean? It's uh, It was a strange one, I would say that. Yeah, no, it's definitely a tricky one. Um, again, because obviously, like, he's a oh, nice guy, you know, and then it's very hard when you get on with someone to, to try and be that, um, to have that business face, I suppose, and just say, listen, get, get out of the road, I suppose. But, I mean, it was a it was a good hand. You know, there's a lot of stuff coming off the head. Um, I suppose as long as they're not getting totally in the way, it's not the end of the world, but, you know, Ideally, you don't want that extra pressure on top of you. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. It's, it, it is a strange one, but to kind of kick off the episode, this is one of the things I love about it is the fact that if there is other people in your area, you know, there's people that you may know of online that's only an hour from you and you are feeling a bit stuck with the job, like, oh, that's a bit big, then, you know, you can kind of reach out to them. People, like, don't be afraid to to reach out and be, you know, can you do a, jump in on a job with me? It's this big, you know, you can discuss pricing with them. Like me and Ben now, we end up meeting up for Starbucks, I think it was, a, a week or so prior when we went, uh, sorry, several weeks prior when we went to quote the job. And, you know, we, we spoke it through, we kind of quoted it bet- between ourselves. I said that what I wanted to make from it. He talked about what he wanted to make from it. And being able to do that and have that initial plan, you know, it worked very well. But the other way that Obviously, people could do that is, you know, whoever's won that lead to quote the job, then obviously you get in touch with a subcontractor and you could just say, there's this job worth that much. Do you want it? You know, I'm guessing there's many ways that you could play that. But the way that we did it, you know, it worked really well. And it's like I say, it's one of them enjoyable things within the industry to be able to connect and, and sort of take on a job as a unit, as like a fuller team for those of us that work usually as a solo owner operator. It's nice to have you know, more of a team around you and sort of a bigger a bigger footprint on the ground, so to speak, I reckon. Yeah, no, definitely, even though, like, I'm not sort of a part of your business, it's like, it's having that contacts and connections, um, I think that's definitely probably one of the biggest things in this industry. So it's definitely about who you know, um, especially, you know, getting jobs and all that sort of stuff as well. Even though, you know, you don't, you know, you don't employ me or anything, etc still rely on someone around you to come and give you a hand where you need it um, which is a good thing because it is it's nice to connect and you know what, what would the word be <laughs> right that's one yeah well, and just get into that speak, speak, speak to people around you who are in the same you know, profession because i don't know about you but we're kind of isolated up here aren't we you know there's no like when you look at the long care legends group etc Everyone's kind of down south in England. So mm-hmm. before you came along, um, so to speak. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> I was kind of like the only one up here and there was no one else around me. So, you know, as soon as I found out you were in Elgin, 
you know, I think I've seen you, I think I've seen you on YouTube uh, saying you were from Elgin. I was like, oh my God, there's someone, there's, there's a human, there's someone else close by. So, yeah, no, it's definitely good to, because I feel like, you know, when we meet up and like have a coffee or whatever, like, that, like I just start spelling out stuff that's kind of not maybe built up, but like just stuff that you can relate with because no one else around me really does. So when you, you know, it's good to meet up with people who, are in, who have the same interests, are in the same line of work, and, and just share ideas and, you know, just that. And I don't have really, kind of broadens your ideas and, and gives you a bit of motivation as well, you know, off the back of uh, who you're speaking to. So, yeah. Because that's the thing, like, you know, exactly what you're saying there. Having these like-minded people around you, I think, is one of the huge benefits. And, you know, like I say, within this podcast episode's title, it's one of the things that kind of carries carries you forward. And the bad side of it is the fact of if no one else is self-employed around you and they don't fully understand, you know, the trials and tribulations that you might go through sort of running a business, I think having someone that you can talk to that, you know, not just like a yetta that can listen to you and maybe provide some positivity back in your direction but someone that can go well I know exactly what you mean because this happened to me last week and having that with someone I think is fantastic and obviously we've met up quite a few times now and had some decent conversations on all things to do with the business side and it it does it opens up your mind when you speak to someone with with that similar connection totally yeah and no, I think um, a lot of the time you're left with your own thoughts you know if you if you work by yourself etc you know there's a lot going on and you know, running a business is, is very stressful, as you know. Mm. Um, and I think a lot of times you think you're alone, but when you you know when you when you speak to other people, you soon find out that these people are going through the same sort of similar situations as you, um, if not exactly the same. But you just don't know about it because you don't hear from them, or you know, um, you've never spoken. To them. But it's it is it's kind of crazy how speaking to people, speaking to different people, um, how much it opens your eyes up to just uh, how how similar everything kind of is. You know, you're not you're not alone in all the problems and troubles that you have with um, you know, with customers or just just in general, you know, business stresses it's um, mm-hmm. you you do sometimes feel that kind of loneliness until you open up and speak to people and then you're like kind of like, "Oh, well, um you know, I'm not alone here. So it is, yeah. it is it's very important, I believe, to connect um with people. Especially especially if you're a you know, a sole trader and yeah. you work by yourself. Yeah, because you you are just in your own head then, aren't you? Like, you know, there's a lot of people that kind of get in touch and or that have got in touch over the of the course of this podcast and have said, you know, just having another voice in the uh, uh and being able to hear from the guests that you've got on, like passing on their knowledge or their pros and cons of things and like that it's helped them. And it is, it's something where you know, it is stressful and I think part of you needs to realise that that's kind of the way it's meant to be at times or like maybe not the way it's meant to be but it's a normal feeling to have, you know, in this in this process of running a business. It is something that, you know, it is flatline me over the past two weeks is just trying to get all my ducks in a row kind of going forward and if you don't have someone that you can kind of offload to and sort of, like chat this out with and and you know be able to go you know that's normal exactly what you're feeling there then it's very hard to kind of bring yourself out that out of that shell that you've put yourself in so it is it's it's huge i mean when it comes to 
obviously you've got a bigger team than me. You know, you've had up to, you know, three guys for a short period of time, but, you know, two lads with you at the moment. How would you find the employee side, you know, the pros and cons of that? What what would you say is, you know, where's the balance on on the good days and the bad days? Um, employing people. Um, so, well, last year I employed uh, one guy um, and he was with me since, what, March something like that until uh, here. So with a you know, yeah, yeah, a good solid twelve months. Yeah. Um, and it was fine. He was a mate of mine. You know, he's a year older than me. Um, and he worked with me. Yeah, he worked well. Worked. Um, you know, he, he learned the ways I like to work, etc. He knew where everything was. You know, so it, it was it was great to have that extra hand who's there like yeah. all the time. I think you know. The year before that, I was kind of, you know, getting a hand when I needed it and not relying on someone full time. Whereas I soon realized towards the end of that season, like I'm I'm getting to a point where I could do with someone full time. Yeah. I'm busy, you know, so it came along naturally, completely naturally. Um, uh, I just asked him one day if he wanted to come give me a hand doing a fence and the rest was kind of history. Just said do you want a job and you know there was there was no sort of formal process about it um because it was a first for me as well you know and yeah it, it was like a it is it's quite daunting to begin with like you know that person's relying on you for a wage at the end of the day uh, and depending on who the person is you know they might have a family a mortgage you know all these overheads etc um and it's a, it's a big responsibility so i think the jump from being by yourself and having that kind of ability i mean no matter how busy you are um, you can still kind of say oh well i can just take the day off here um or i can just do half a day here and go and do this whereas with if you employ someone like that's kind of almost out of the window um because <laughs> well you do because you have to you can't really make about unless it's like an agreed sort yeah. of like part-time as and when you know maybe a bit like you and dale you know she's helping you at the moment um you know, if you employ, you kind of entitled to. You know, if you employ someone full time, you're entitled to give them full time hours. You know? Yeah. If put it this way, if you were in employment, you were looking for a job, and someone said, "Yeah, I'll take you on," blah blah blah, and you got a couple of weeks in, and then it starts going, "Oh, I've only going to got a half day today." You know, we'll probably just call it quits at one o'clock or whatever. You know, you're losing losing out another four hours of the day, and mm-hmm. um, so. The stress, the difference is, you know, you're, you're head kind of racing trying to think, well, I need to find the uh, work um, to keep them busy. It's not just to keep you busy, it's to, it's to keep them um, earning a wage. So it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a lot more. I mean, don't get me wrong, it's, be, it's been really good. It's really handy to have um, an extra pair of hands um, because there's nothing worse than thinking, you know, I've got I've got this job to do, and you've got to do every single bit of the job. You know, from say cutting yeah. a hedge to, to then tidying it up, having that extra set of hands kind of takes the pressure off you a wee bit. But it, <laughs> it kind of provides pressure in other in other areas. I'm yeah. kind of rambling on a bit here, but I understand. I, I mean, so <laughs> yeah. No, well, I mean, you you said it perfectly. I think when we spoke a while ago, and that was you said. You know, it's nice to know that when. You know, when you're by yourself and you leave sight, so when you put the tools down, that the job stops. And you're like, when you've got that employee there or someone working with you, 
the job never fully stops. Like if you go do a tip run, there's someone still back there, you know, cutting the hedge or like clearing up ready, ready to load it for the next run. You know what I mean? It's always sort of moving. And I think it's that uh, efficiency is probably the best word for it. The efficiency that it provides the business, but and also yourself, you know, it's a, it's an attractive thing to have, I think. And as much as I think the stresses of maybe bringing someone on could be, then it also provides a bit of a, a bit of time where you can kind of sit back a little bit and not as in like take your foot off the gas, but you know that if you need to go somewhere and do something else, they could possibly crack on and do a couple of jobs or get started on a couple of jobs, you know, for you to later on catch up into. So I think there's many pros and cons with it, but the fact of the matter that you've got like a good team, I think could be, you know, a huge benefit to any organization if you employ the right people. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. Um, I mean, these couple of guys I've got just now are getting on. They've only been with me for maybe a while, a month. Um, and yeah, we're getting on fine. I've got a young lad. He's 15. He's really keen. You know, he wants to, he's never really done much before, but you know, he's, he's pretty switched. He picks up things quickly, um, and he wants to work and yeah. that doesn't, you know, you don't come across that very often um, at a young age. Yeah. And the other guy I've got, he's, um, he's a bit older. Um, how old is he? I think he's 69, I believe it or not, but he's, you know, <laughs> he's, he's fit as anything. He, and he's a, he's a grafter. And he's a real workhorse, isn't he? He is, isn't he? He's, <laughs> a, he's had a previous, uh, he's had previous experience in this line of work as well. So that's really handy to know um, mm-hmm. that you're not just relying on your own um, experience to almost train these people yeah um, i think that's the difference with taking someone on who's completely new to the line of work and then someone who's had the experience and who can almost teach you in yeah. some areas so there's a lot of variety when employing people you know mm-hmm. you can you might just need a laborer to give you a hand just doing the tidying up etc or someone who has a skill set um that can offer to your business you know yeah well, it's huge. And, you know, like I was saying to Ben after we finished that big job there, you know, like the way you work together as a team. And even when Ben was off site, you know, taking the chippings to uh, the tip there, like his lads just cracked on so well, like they're super efficient. Like, I honestly really impressed with them. And like you're saying there, you've only been together a month and considering it's a month through winter where they've maybe only been on, you know, 15, 20 jobs, whatever it's been. It's, uh, you know, you work very well together as a team. So it shows, I think, in the right in the right way you can you know you can form a very well engineered well oiled machine pretty quickly you know what i mean with the right type of people and it really showed that the other day i must say no that's obviously that's good for it you know <laughs> anyone to hear that about their, their their guys but i think it's it's kind of about they kind of reflect off how you work and um, at the end of the day no one's going to as hard as you, the business owner. That's just that's just fact. That's yeah. just not going to happen because you know they're not reaping the same rewards as you are, um, which is fair enough. But at the same time, I wouldn't expect anyone to take the mick. Um, still expect someone to put an honest day's work in, which they do. So I'm you know I'm happy enough with that. Um, you know if you kind of slack off a bit and you're not really organised, and they kind of they kind of see that you know you're not really sort of serious about things, or you know you. <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say just like things are all up in there and you're not organized and um, they might reflect and say oh well you know 
he's not really that fast or yeah um so i'm gonna kind of take uh, a back step you know and, and not try as hard but w- whereas if you you're constantly on the go constantly keeping them busy um th- i think that's probably the, the main thing um it's just keeping them busy like even if you're on a job and they get finished what they have to do um always have something for them to go on to next uh, yeah that's probably one of the most stressful things because as soon as they're busy doing something you kind of switch off and you can focus on your own things i kind of found that when we were doing a job at the very start um when they came on board i would get them busy doing something that i could you know trust them to do and i could focus fully on what i was doing yeah um whereas if they had stopped the job that they were doing and weren't really being you know efficient um then it would kind of you know i'd kind of like start stressing then going oh well i need to find something for them <laughs> for them yeah. to do um so yeah it's it's all it's a massive learning curve for me as well this is like completely new to me the whole there was no formal interviewing stage i just (laughs) said you know come into the yard come and speak to me see you know i was probably more nervous than them to be honest um and yes you can start on monday yeah that's pretty much it so um yeah it's a it's definitely a big learning curve for me i'm not pretending to be anything or not you know Mm -hmm. um but you definitely learn the lessons pretty pretty quick for sure. Yeah. No, well, I mean, you're completely right. And it, it you're going to pick up a lot of things along the way with it. But I think unless you take these steps forward in, in any form of business, but in any company, or even if you're an employee, you know, and you're, you're a full-time employee somewhere and you're not taking any steps to progress, let's say there is a rank range in whatever company that you're in and you, you like the company, you know, unless you kind of, go there to the, you know, whether it's assistant manager, manager, team lead, whatever, and say, look, can you put a bit more responsibility on me? I want to be able to prove that I can do X, Y, Z. If you don't kind of, you know, push that a little bit, it's it's very hard sometimes, I think, to to get it back. I mean, seeing it all the time in sort of the military that you're almost, you're almost on a pointing system to be able to get promoted. You know, you need to be able to tick off if you've done several different types of things throughout the year so it might be like deployments or running events or you know leading an exercise or organizing an exercise whatever it might be and but unless you do them and, and you show that you're capable of doing so there's nothing sort of there's not nothing no one on the other end sort of dragging you up you, you've kind of got to make that way yourself so i think even if you're running the company you need to kind of push yourself as well and sort of be willing to do these things because otherwise i mean how do you really know how it's going to work out if you don't at least try? But moving into one of the factor, well, one of the areas that seems to always be a topic of conversation, what is the money side? I mean, with this line of work being within, you know, the green industry as I call it, but you know, grounds maintenance, gardening, landscaping as a whole, you know, on the on the softer side, how do you find the pros and cons with with money? Like, obviously, it can be very rewarding. You know, do you see certain negatives that? that's maybe pinched more in this industry than any others you mean in terms of like and having employees or just just money just just in general like through the companies or through this line of work yeah i mean there's definitely a great potential to make money in this uh, line of work no you know hands down um i think there's a lot of overheads and the problem we face as you know people in the green industry is people expect us to work for nothing gardeners you know you know landscapers grass cutters or whatever they call you they expect you to work for you know 10 15 pounds an hour whereas yeah. you know they'll pay easily pay a 
joiner 30 whatever however much pound an hour they charge um but you know yourself the amount of kit we need to be versatile in our line of work is just extortionate um the you know the amount of different machines and tools you need just to do a certain type of job or or a certain job more efficiently yeah. um mm-hmm. you it's just it's just endless. I don't think you can ever have enough uh, <laughs> enough tools. No. Um, so I think that's one of the, the biggest things. I'm constantly trying to invest back into the business. I'm constantly trying to make my life easier. Um, and I don't, I don't grudge doing that. 100%. I, you know, I enjoy buying machines. And, um, they're essentially, you know, like you say, toys. Yeah. <laughs> boys, yeah. boys, toys. So, um, yeah, it's, it, it, it can't add that. You know, you're constantly investing and constantly having bills going out. So it's kind of hard almost to to save, essentially, when you're trying to grow as well. Yeah. You know, it's, it's kind of hard to be satisfactory of, of, of what you've got um, and, you know, just be kind of complacent. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's something I struggle. You know yourself. I struggle with that completely. <laughs> I see something on the marketplace that I think is going to be great. It's going to make my life easier, and I just want to buy it. Yeah, um, it's that self control <laughs> I think you need. Um, so yeah, I, financially, I do, <laughs> I'm not I'm not a good financial advisor whatsoever. <laughs> you know that yourself. So um, yeah, but there's there's good potential to make money there, and it, it, I think it's how you go about it. If you're efficient in the way you work, efficient in the way you charge, you know you need to be charging enough. Uh, and one thing I haven't done yet, which we spoke about, is calculate how much for my business. Um, I hope I'm going to be sitting down when I do that because yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's not it's not cheap, you know. Yeah, hundred percent. And like what you were saying about the kit and equipment there, like I completely understand and. You know, I think some clients are on the bigger jobs or if they're just, you know, clients are obviously different. Every person's sort of different. So, but there is a lot more that's involved. And it's not even like you can sit back fully and and kind of just go, oh, well, I'll hire everything and I don't need to buy everything. You can do that sort of part and part. But for example, there, we are hiring a, an eight-inch uh, chipper for the head removal job. So that's yeah. all well and good. And I, I could have done that, so to speak. But getting rid of the waste, you know, what happens if you don't have a trailer? All right, well, you can hire a trailer as, as well. Brilliant. Well, do you already have a toolbar attached to your van, truck, whatever it might be? If not, that's another thing you need. And you know what I mean? There's there's a certain point with all these sort of jobs that you're either racking the bill up massively because now you've got a hire and a chipper, a trailer. You might also need to get a sub in that's actually got a toolbar on his vehicle. You know, it adds up, so... By you investing back into these, you know, equipment, the business, and being able to build this yourself, you know, I think you're doing it in a great way by investing in, in building that. Because hopefully one day, one day in the future, Ben, you'll probably, you'll probably be able to turn around and go, right, I'm gonna have a year now where you know I don't need to buy anything right away. Like I've kind of got everything to cover, sort of every job I need to a degree, you know. And when that day comes, you're gonna probably make a nice bit of or nice bit more of a profit in that sort of year. But if you never sort of try and grow and get in these bits of kit, then I think you're sort of stationed around, there's a limitation on the types of jobs you can go for to a degree. Because I think unless you, 
even ladders, you know, I've got them eight foot henchmen. I was like, you know, they go up to 10 foot. I've now got a telescopic unit for like hedge trimming and stuff. So, you know, I can reach pretty high. I'm sorted. And then there comes to a job and you go, well, even with that, it's a four meter wide hedge. You know, I can't, I can't do that with my hands above my head, you know, doing it blind. I need to be sort of chest tight with it. So you then go spend 600 pound, I think it was on 14 foot, uh, tripod ladders there so there's just always something that sort of the next bill like you say money's always going out but it's kind of balancing you know are you bringing in enough to be able to put out that much you know and it's that little balance with it so many pros and cons i think in the industry with sort of making money and how it kind of goes both ways but quite honestly you know i think it's a great business to be able to push forward and now people are starting to understand more that like now people want more work done and they're also trying it themselves. They, like I say quite a lot of times, people try things, you know, 5% of the way and then they're down tools and they go, yeah, I'll get someone in for that because it's hard, it's hard work. You know what I mean? It's not easy with a, with a B&Q hedge trimmer or, you know, what brush cut or whatever they're buying, you know, on the domestic range, there's a lot that goes into it. And I think that's, uh, that's, starting to get more understood i'd like to think don't know about uk wide but up here we seem to have pretty good clients i would like to think to be fair yeah i i'm starting to notice that now, i say that about like how we get criticized for how much we should earn um but like to be honest i've never i've not really come across too much people that you know go oh well you're charging far too much mm-hmm. recently you know you'll you'll always get a few that are like i'm not paying that um probably purely for the fact that they don't, um, they just don't think you should be earning that much money. But they're the ones that are small-minded and who don't understand the, the cost it takes to run a business. And I don't know about you, Sam, but I'm not in this to make a living. I'm not just in it to get by. Like, yeah, no one in their right mind would go self-employed, run a business, go through all the stress, all those extra hours of working, of headache, never switching off, just to get by. Um, and you know kind of put food on the table so if i think if you're at that stage and you're self-employed and you're struggling to get by um i think you kind of really need to to look at things again every everyone's circumstance is completely different i totally appreciate that but you know you should be making you should probably you should be financially better off self-employed 100 percent. and mm. if you're not then i don't think you're going about it in the right way yeah, I'm certainly not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, you know, like you say, everyone's situations are different. You know, you're in a position, you know, still 20-year-old, like, you know, fighting fit, basically. You know, you've got, I think you've, you start that this at, a, like, a pretty perfect time. You know, you switched on. It's not like you're immature or whatever. I mean, you're not exactly young, young by any means. But you, what, I'm, what are you trying to say? No, this is what I'm saying. <laughs> Let me get to it. <laughs> <laughs> no, what I mean is that, you know, you've went at it at such, like, more or less from the start, go, I mean, you did this straight out of school, didn't you? And you did it while you're in school. Yeah. And and to be able to develop this into what you have already, I think you're in a perfect place to go, right, invest, build, grow. And, you know, you've got that way. And other people, yeah, you might be a bit down on your luck. You might be, you know, it might be a bit more of a struggle. But I think what Ben's saying here is is key. Like, you know, there is a bigger horizon and sometimes I get different areas around the UK. It it might be harder. There might be more of a fight for the work. 
And, you know, that's completely understandable. But there also has to be a way where it works for you, I think. But, um, um you know, we're, we're, sorry, we're just going to pause now for a quick break. But what I want to bring into after the break here is I want to touch a little bit more on your side of the business, obviously being VAT registered, some pros yeah. and cons with that and how you've sort of found that process. Because I think I've seen quite a few people trying to jump around and go, right, should I stay under the threshold? Is it worth it going over? And, you know, I, I believe your take on it is we want to be listened to. So join can us I, in a moment. Uh, All right, go can on. I, can I just enter out? I am conscious of time. I can't see the clock. Um, I just wanted to say that as well. Like, I am I fully appreciate my position um, of my age. I came out of this from school. I don't have the same kind of responsibilities as like a, an adult would in terms of children, mortgages, etc. So I am very conscious of that. I, I, you know, and I, I feel very lucky that it's kind of happened to me at this age. So that wasn't a criticism at all to anyone who's struggling to get by and, you know, pay the bills. But I, I just mean, if you're an established kind of business and you're kind of struggling month to month, purely because you're maybe not going about the, the right way um, with how you charge, etc. cetera, um, mm-hmm. I think there's, there's always somewhere to improve. Um, and, and I'm no expert. You know, you know yourself, Sam. I'm not a good example to look at <laughs> in certain things, but I think we can all learn and um, uh, do better, do better yeah. by our ways. No, I 100 percent agree. And I'll just say you never came across that way. Don't worry. <laughs> I, I know <laughs> no. it sometimes seems that when you when you go back and forth that it's kind of going that way, but honestly, you never. But I think the the main case of what you're on about there of the fact that there is more to take from it and almost you know we say that you put your own ceiling up on on growth you know how yeah. far you can rise and i do believe what you're saying is you know it's basically value yourself in in the work that you're doing in that as long as you're doing that it shouldn't be worse off than a in a nine to five because otherwise we could sit in tesco's or wherever and make just as much and just pull a paycheck and that be it you know and that's what you not make the it case. Sam. exactly Right, so we'll be back in just a moment after this quick ad break. This episode is brought to you by Total Loan. Total Loan provides scientifically engineered loan care products to homeowners, hobbyists and loan care professionals. Their range of fertilisers and biostimulants will keep your loan looking lush, green and moss-free all year round. I use Total Loan products for my customers and on my own loan, and I think you should too. The team at Total Loan put quality above anything else when they're producing their loan feeds. They use ingredients that are rarely, if ever, used by their competitors to give you the best loan possible. Try Total Loan today at totalloan.co.uk and use code Care at the checkout to receive 10% off your whole order. Total Loan are so confident in their products that you can use them on your loan and if you're not happy with the results, you can get in touch with them up to 90 days later for a full refund. Go to totalloan.co.uk and transform your loan. Welcome back, everyone. So as we were just talking about at the end of that sort of podcast, being in within the money money side, the great thing with, you know, this context of sort of VAT registered and when people hit this limit, you know, a lot of times like hard landscapers, even in the first years, you know, they'll kind of hit this pretty easy with the price of materials that goes through. But uh, obviously, Ben, you're within like, I know you do landscaping as well, but you're very much here within grounds maintenance, you know, doing all this that, you know, we're doing in the industry as well. And as someone that's hit VAT registered, I know we've had conversations in the past where everyone views it as like, oh, stay below the VAT line because no one wants that. But you've got some benefits to kind of that you've noticed through doing it as well, haven't you? Yeah. I mean, when I hit the VAT threshold in 
last year. I didn't find out until September because I was behind in my paperwork. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it was, to be fair, it was quite an achievement, I think. Um, I felt, you know, pretty kind of proud to have hit that kind of threshold. Yeah. Because, um, you know, it's a lot of money at the end of the day. Because um, it's but, what is it? It's like, is it 84? Five, I think. 85. 85. Um, so, but when I hit it, I was really nervous about going VAT registered because all my domestic customers, I was, you know, I thought I was going to lose them all. Yeah. Because um, that's 20%. That's a big, you know, it's a big jump. Um, and, you know, I'm not the cheapest around but by by all means at all. Um, uh, so, yeah, that was probably the biggest uh, worry is losing the customers. But I talked to a few different people around here and basically everyone said, just, just go for it. Because at the end of the day, if you're if you're wanting to grow and expand your business, you've hit the threshold, and you're at a point where you're like, oh well, I'm going to have to either cut back or do a separate business for what whatever reason. You are you really are kind of limiting yourself. It really depends what you want. If you don't want to get to that point and, mm-hmm. and you don't want to have to charge that, then fair enough. But um, for me, you know, I'm ambitious, so I just went for it and I told all my customers. Unfortunately, you know, we've hit the VAT threshold. You can't do anything about this. There will be a twenty percent increase on your prices, and I don't think I lost. I think I lost one because they were their neighbor was going to do it or something like that. So right, okay. For that worry, if you do a good job, you know, if you've got a good relationship with your customers, etc., then yeah, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't really worry about that. You've just got to embrace it. Just take it as it comes. If you lose some, you'll you'll build. You'll you'll you know you'll get more. Um, You'll get more, and from <laughs> sorry, <laughs> you, you will. You'll pick up those customers again. Yeah. You know? So uh, now, exactly like you said, you've got to kind of take these risks. Um, otherwise, you'll never find out. So now that now that I've done it and I've went VAT registered, um, I definitely see the benefits financially. You get to claim back on, you know, most things, assets, fuel, etc. So the VAT that you'd have to pay anyway, regardless of being VAT registered, you now get that back. Uh, the only downside is you have to charge the VAT. So um, you're you're constantly, no matter if you're neck and neck with a competitor, if he's under the VAT threshold, you've got a job, say, £400. Um, I went at £400 plus VAT, then that's an extra eight quid on my bill that I don't get, mm-hmm. really. Um, that puts me, you know, out of the equation almost because at the end of the day most clients go on the basis of price yeah Um, because you know everyone wants to (laughs) spend as little as possible yeah i do understand so that that is probably one of the biggest negatives um but i we're still really busy like you know the vat i think a lot of customers kind of expect you know Um, yeah if they get joiners in plumbers and electricians etc they're all pretty much going to pay up because you know they they spend so much on material so it's definitely been uh it is hard because you know you get you get the money in you know you get the vat money but you it's not your money yeah it's very hard not to go oh well i've got all this kind of money i'll go buy a lawnmower and then it comes to the end of the quarter and got to find however many thousand pounds to pay in vat so um it is, yeah, it's that self-control again. I, I'm my own worst enemy. Like, uh, I think I'd have a much more smoothly running business 
business if I wasn't such a moron. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's definitely got its pros and cons. But I've I've kind of just embraced it and went through it, and it's turned out not too bad so far. So yeah, yeah like, I, like, I think I remember you saying like kind of how you touched on there, I suppose. Is as long as you're like buying materials and assets and and you're investing, I suppose, within the business, then then you are getting it back as well as when you're charging the clients. So yeah. it seems like from a personal point of view, as long as you're not losing custom, then it's a really good thing to have. It's only, I suppose, if you did find in your area that clients weren't then taking you on because you are now thirty six pound a cut instead of thirty. Then, then that's a problem, you know what I mean. If you are losing all your jobs, but I mean, in your instance, you've obviously came away from it, you know, in a, in a really sort of strong position, I suppose. And also, I think when you go for the bigger jobs or if you're going for contracts, it's like expected within it anyway because they're dealing with bigger companies, you know, everywhere else that are that registered. So, I suppose it depends on what level in the game you're at and what level at, in the game that you you hope to stay at. You know what I mean? If you're focusing on, you know, tiny properties and you're already charging 30 quid, you know, and you think, oh, I'm already pushing it. And then you add in that extra six pound. That's a it's a large percentage to have next to John. That's maybe just pricing, you know, 10 pound a cut. So there'd be a struggle there. But it just seems that it's something to possibly not fear. Maybe is the right way to put that. And that yeah. as long as you know how it works and, you know, you're confident within your own business, then it's it's not a bad way to go at all. No, like, uh, personally, I think if you hit the fat threshold, you must be doing something right. You know, that's, that's mm. quite a good achievement. Uh, so I was pretty, you know, kind of proud of myself. Um, you know, I'm 20, Absolutely. so it's... Uh, not to bum myself up, I'm a very humble person. People compliment me and I just kind of... So yeah, I was very humbling to to have hit that. Um, So yeah, I I definitely think if you're at that stage and you're thinking you're humming and hawing, I think just go for it. You've got to take these risks. Um, You you know, if you're getting that much money, if you're earning that much money, you should be busy enough to compensate for the ones you might lose. Um, So I wouldn't worry about it that much. A lot of people, I think, worry the fact that oh well, we just do. You know, we don't we don't spend a lot of material, etc. There is something called a flat rate scheme. Not yeah, too too clued up myself, but basically it means uh, you have to charge a flat rate of I think it's nine percent or eight percent VAT instead of the twenty. Okay. Um, however, you can only claim the VAT back on assets over worth over a thousand pound or something like something along that line. So yeah, the likes of like a thirty pound fuel bill, you couldn't claim the VAT back on that. So that's I think that works well for for businesses that don't spend a lot um, on you know materials um, and consumables and that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. So, you know, someone who's maybe just earning off their time, off their labour. Yeah, so yeah, that's something to look at. But at the end of the day, you it, the VAT's not yours. It's, <laughs> it's, if in a, in a perfect world, if you have self control. You have a job. It's thirty pound plus VAT, so that's thirty six pound. Thirty pound is your price. Six pound is technically the government's, you know. So mm-hmm. it shouldn't. You shouldn't worry about it. You know, that six pound should go into a separate account. Yeah. <laughs> At the end of the quarter, that should be paid to the government. It shouldn't. It shouldn't affect you. I think a lot of people maybe take the hit on the VAT, and you know they won't charge twenty percent. They'll maybe just absorb it 
within the okay. price or, or, or some of it a, at least or, uh, yeah or add 10 percent or something like that but like what's the point in you being penalized for doing well um yeah and making less money so i just you know some people were like oh we don't have to charge 20 percent you can charge maybe 10 percent because you're claiming back on the fuel or whatever that hassle is just not really worth you know I'm 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 in this to make money the same as everyone else. Um so I just said twenty percent on top of all the prices and this is for regular customers of course. Um Yeah. Yeah, everyone was fine with it. Um, uh, I think I think that's a positive. Like, you know, the one thing I've taken away from that is you know, you just gotta know the way it works and also know the clients that you have. And once when you get the balance of them two things correct, you know, you can move forward in you know, in a in a sex uh, in the most successful kind of position what? possible. Yeah, I know, yeah. And <laughs> uh, the most successful kind of way possible. And I think as long as you do that, then, you know, you're, you're absolutely fine. But uh, the probably the the last sort of section of... I've got to be careful with that now. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> begin, begin with the S there. Uh, it's getting late. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's different types of work. And this is something, you know, to speak about that's, you know, as we spoke about earlier on, such a wide variety there's so many different things or different types of the work that you can focus on like when we had will crone in there on the podcast he was like topery and he's really went down into that side when we had jack chapman on you know he's just like sort of treatments and long care services and then you get you know there's, there's loads is what i'm getting at yeah so different types of work i mean the one negative i see with this is the fact of the equipment that then comes with it you know to be able to have a full two hands on the reins going into a hedge trimming job, then changing over and laying a patio and then changing over again and mowing acreages is like, you know, it's expensive bits of kit that all Mm -hmm. going at each one of these sectors. Like I honestly think that that can only be the the biggest negative, you know, or the the hardest part of the different types of work. What do you reckon? Yeah, I definitely think that it's the kind of efficient efficiency side of things. Um, personally, for me, like I, I, I don't really know which direction I want to take it. I want to kind of lean into the landscaping side of things, which we're doing, you know. And and I've not had very much experience in landscaping. I'm kind of learning as I go. Um, at the same time, I want to do tree surgery. Uh, you know, I'd I'd love to get into that and yeah. all that sort of kit. So there's like there's different sectors within this industry, um, which almost require completely separate kit or you know different machines you know landscaping maybe diggers whacker plates dumpers you know truck barrels etc yeah Arc, you know chainsaws uh uh cherry pickers etc chippers yeah and then you know so it's 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 a lot of stuff to, to juggle and there's only, only so many hours in the day and there's only one of you um to organize all this so it's it kind of kills your ambition a wee bit to, to realize that that's not really kind of possible. You can, of course, you can dabble what mm-hmm. I'm kind of doing, dabble to everything. Um, but I think, like, Will, um, as you mentioned, he really is, and he's, um, you know, dialed it down and he just focuses on that. So I feel like that's probably quite an efficient way. He's probably got lower overheads than, you know, someone like me essentially who <laughs> tries to do landscape and you yeah know, and and all the rest of it you know um, yeah so it just depends it, it depends on which way you want to take it and, and what you want to do i mean yeah 
by the sounds of it, do you do you really want to to do sort of landscaping? Does that really interest you? Or no, I mean, I, I kind of I like the thought of the transformation. I like the thought of being able to. I mean, everything design and build. Someone's yeah. you know a full rip out and then blank canvas start again. But to be honest, I don't have one. I've got no main experience in it. I'll be completely open and honest. Mm-hmm. You know, I know there's different. There's so much to learn. Like I've said before, I'm on hard landscaping groups just out of the interest side of it and <clears throat> different sealants to use and but with different slabs, you shouldn't use certain chemicals and different sort of pre-layers before you put the slabs down. And, you know, I, I don't know the terms for it and I know there's a lot yeah, to yeah. learn with it. It's just not something I'm pretty dialed in with quite a, quite a variety within just this one sector of, you know, soft landscaping the whole hard landscape inside at the moment, unless I was forced into it through a contract and I had to learn quick and, you know, get someone in that I could learn off. It isn't something yeah. that, that I'm too fussed about. I don't think. Yeah. It's, it's like you said, Sam, there's in the line of work um, that you do already. Um, so that's totally fair enough. I'm, I'm just, I don't know what, <laughs> which direction I want to take things. Mm-hmm. landscaping i struggle to kind of get my head around because there's so much to learn um and i like to get jobs right and i like to do things properly so and, and there's a lot of you know, guys out there that don't do it properly um and that's what gives certain people bad names certain gardeners certain landscapers bad names and i think that's the same in every trade you know generally yeah. plumbing everyone can kind of be rough with things but i like to do things properly yeah um so that's my downfall is because I'm trying to, I'm flustered so much about doing the job properly. It almost hinders me and I get stressed, etc. cetera. Um, so that's something I'm trying to work on. Uh, I think that show, goes to show though, doesn't it? There's, there's always something and like, everyone's going to have weak points in, in whatever areas, but like for someone like yourself, that is you're across all forms of landscaping. Yeah. Like, you know, it time, I suppose, that's the only thing that you, you've yeah. got in, until you, you, you get down with it You learn something every day, and it's like I see, like I'm on groups as well, and you see guys who have been in it for like 15 years, and they're just coming across this new new thing. And I see <laughs> some of the projects people are doing. And I just I struggle to get my head around how they do it. It's a bit like you know we were we were talking about uh, last night about the commercial contracts and that and yeah. just getting your getting your head around it and just it's like how is it possible and how do you do this how do you do that there's yeah. so much to learn um which is it's it's exciting and it's nice to learn new things and look back and think jesus i really wasn't you know i really shouldn't have been worrying too much but um you don't know that until you're past that point and you're looking back on yourself so um yeah there's a lot there's a lot to take in so it just depends which which direction you want to take it and how you go about it yeah, no, I absolutely agree. It's uh, it's something that's that's completely open. But the great thing with it, like another benefit is, you know, you can always do the variety to begin with. You can see what you like, to, like yeah. doing what you enjoy the most, what's just a pain to do, you know. Personally, like even when it comes to renovation season, I hate ordering in materials, you know. I much, I much prefer the jobs where I'm tipping up with all the kit that I own. And, you know, there's no delays with anything. I know it's there. I know it's serviceable and ready to use. I'm not waiting on a, a lorry load of gravel to come or, you know, so-and-so has been held up with a digger or 
they've tried to pull a bit of equipment out and it's not starting this morning. And, you yeah. know, and I, and I know that can happen with yourself, but, you know, personally, I just hate ordering in materials and just, you know, I'm not a massive fan of that side of things. So, yeah, it just depends on what you like doing and, and where you sort of thrive, I suppose. You know, a lot of people like it because, you know, it's quite big price tags with landscaping, to be honest, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I mean, when you've well, got the... Yeah, it is. Um, but it depends, you know, if you're efficient doing it and, and you know what you're doing and you can do things quickly then yeah. yeah by all means it's a good price it's just like grass cutting you know if you've got the kit to get in and out, do things quickly you're going to make more money essentially mm-hmm. so if you have the experience and you're slow etc you know building a patio um, there's only so much you can actually charge um, yeah and at the end of the day you're probably probably making less money because you're you're less so it's, it's all down to i think experience and efficiency and that and, and touching on what ordering in material etc um you often do have to hire in machinery um and rely on almost other people which yeah. can often like you say is let you down um and at the end of the day some people might say oh well why why bother buying these machines when you can just hire them but the downtime you've got of you know organizing it etc picking it up taking it back you're under pressure because you've got to have have it back in a certain time yeah you know if that machine's yours you've you know you've, you've just got it you take it to the job get it done take it back Um, you've not got that pressure of it's just like me for example getting i, I bought a chipper recently um, mm-hmm. and it's been a total game changer having that before it, it totally limited me in how i could operate my jobs because i would try and plan a few jobs around where i could hire a chipper for a few days yeah whereas yeah. now I can just hook it on and go to a quick job, do it, or I can go to a couple day job and you know I don't have to go up, pick it up, um, you know. Well, for you it's not far to, to your higher place, but I'm you know forty five minutes from. Yeah, the um, distance does not, especially yeah, if it's so, an hour and a half there and back, and you're doing it one day after another. Exactly, because you know you go price these <laughs> jobs, you, you include the hire, and then I often forget like oh well I have to go and pick this up. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know you're all. For free, so uh, definitely, I think it's more about efficiency. Money you're going to make, um, yeah. That that's what I'm learning every every day. So yeah, no, absolutely. And I suppose that's why we invest, and it kind of wraps the podcast as a whole. That when we've talked about anything, uh, sorry, everything that we've talked about is the fact that when it comes across to every element that we've discussed, whether it be the employee side, money within the business coming in and out you know, the different types of work that you're taking on, you know, how seamless you can be with it and how much easier you can make it for yourself, you know, goes such a long way. And it's such an important part, I believe, in being able to find that, like dial that down, whether it's, I don't know, whether you make notes after you do jobs or you literally sit down with your employees afterwards and you go, look what worked well and what never worked well. You know, these are the sort of things where you can, you know, learn from it, don't just keep on doing it and being like, oh, this is crap. You know, <laughs> is there another way to actually try this? And and if you can't think of it, then, you know, ask your employees or your subcontractors, whoever's sort of helping you out on these jobs, you know, can you say any other way around this? Or do you know anything that will like work better? And it can only help improve, I would like to think. But, you know, like what you're doing there, like we say with the chipper, completely agree with what you're saying. And I think having a six inch uh, chipper is, you know, it's probably going to be too big for for many, like not God knows that really don't jump into that much. But I mean, up this way, 
you've got so many gardens that have got woodlands right on the back of it or you know their their yeah. sort of property is within a woodland so to speak that you know you see more and more of it i think of you know this type of where you can justify having one and even yeah. then you can never have too big of a chip i really uh for whatever you're putting through it to a degree so i, I do think it makes a big difference yeah no definitely it's just like touching on uh well i listened to the podcast you did with uh, neil um mm-hmm. and it's like he mentioned about having a tipper uh tipping trailer or tipping van and it's you look back and you're still to you're i'm telling you you're still to experience this sam uh, <laughs> yeah you're gonna go ben uh i, t- <laughs> I wish i listened to you sooner but, yeah um, it was me going from the point of like i started out i bought a small what was it a seven by four uh single axle trailer that's tow behind that car mm-hmm. i then upgraded one of my biggest um uh, investments at that point i must have been i don't know what age i was um Mm-hmm. 17 maybe um, I bought an Eiffel Williams P8 yeah um, so that's a single axle cage sides I think it cost me like oh, 16 quid um, that was a big investment for me at that point you know yeah done and, right and it was like it was amazing I, it was like oh I just loved going picking up this trailer it, was, it sounds so sad saying that but it was great but then you soon you soon you soon get used to it and Soon, like the 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 notions soon wears, um, and you constantly want more. You constantly kind of want, you know, better. And then one time I had to have a, a tipping trailer, and I was just like, "Wow, this is just effortless." Before you know, you would lob everything into the trailer, and then you yeah. get to the, to the tip, and you'd have to lob, you know, handball it all out. Um, whereas the tipping trailer, you just press a button, it goes up, <laughs> it comes down, and you're away. <laughs> Um, so a tipping vehicle, a tipping trailer is the first thing I had, and it was you know it totally changed the way I worked. Um, and now we've got two tipping vans. I recently sold my original tipping trailer. Hopefully, yeah. we'll get one in the future, a bigger one. Um, but the two tipping vans are used, you know, all the time. So uh, it's definitely something I wouldn't be without now. Uh, yeah, absolutely. But, even that job yeah. that we were just on there, the fact that you had the ability to to do you that with the trips, physically couldn't really do it without a tipping vehicle, unless you you know you could get a skip, etc. But these things, you know, add a cost into mm-hmm. the client's budget at the end of the day. Yeah, and yeah. It can often be uh, whether you get the job or not. You know, that can make the, all the difference. So you know, you, oh, yeah. you haven't you haven't known kit yourself and not having to charge that higher rate be the difference in you getting the job or not and even in that job you know it's hard to imagine for those that don't know the layout of the property but you physically couldn't have done it with with a skip because of needing to drag all the brush basically past you'd have to drag it past the skip to go to the back end of the chipper chipper. Yeah, yeah it just would have been so inefficient it would have been unbelievable it wouldn't have been worth 120 quid for the skip you know what i mean you it would have took you so much longer and so filled with <laughs> yeah, yeah, an hour. And and trust me, I I know what you mean with it with the tipping trailer. Like in the last week, what we went through, then we you know tipped quite quite a large amount. Well, a lot of weighted um, material, and going to the tipping uh, yard and for the crane up to be there to be able to crane it out the back of the trailer was an yeah. absolute godsend. Like mm-hmm. so, on the days when I went there, and he was on his lunch, 
and I was like ready for him to do it. And I was like, you're kidding me. Almost that false hope of like, oh crap, I've still got to do it myself. But it is, it is an absolute, you know, it's not bad putting it in there, but it's a lick getting it out, you know. So it's definitely something that's on the cards, that's for sure. Yeah, no, I, def- I definitely highly recommend it. Um, it's it's like you say, you, you, you get, well, when you got your trailer, I bet you were totally, I mean, I know you were, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally you were. Buzz, buzzing to get it and get to use it, whereas before you were putting the waste in your van. So it is, it's a next mm-hmm. step. Yeah. Um, it's definitely a next step and you're you're happy with it but like i say with with everything you know you get a new machine the notion soon wears off and you're not then kind of satisfied you can't i think as humans it's kind of natural we always more yeah um, talking from experience anyway uh, you always want more you always want to improve be better um and have better staff um within you know to a certain degree that it there's always kind of room to evolve, and um, I don't know what the next step for me would be. Bigger. Tipping vehicle. <laughs> well, yeah, no, that's definitely uh, on the cards. But um, like I again, there's so many different, so many different machines and um, assets you can buy to make your your life easier. But yeah. at the end of the day, they, they just cost they cost so much. So it's it's very hard to balance. And, yeah. Uh, and then the more you go, like the the price just increases because when you, it's all well and good sort of saving to one side and buying a trailer for three and a half grand. But when you then want to move up from that, you know it's not just like it's a few hundred quid more. You know what I mean? It's a it's a canny few thousand more. So it yeah. does it. It all sort of adds to it. But um, but Ben, to sort of round off this episode, I would like you to I would like to put you on the spot to be honest, and. Uh, oh. And name one positive thing that you found through the industry as a whole. Like, so your job, you know, what's one thing that you you love by it? And what is the one gripe that just pains you? What's the one thing that, you know, it makes you want to sleep in in the morning? Oh, you're totally putting on the spot. You could have told me about this before we start. <laughs> I would have had an answer written down ready. Yeah. Um, what do I like about it? Um, I think it's the... It's the, the the ambition. I think mm-hmm. um, is probably one of the best things about it. You can con You don't really. Well, I mean, you can't. It is possible to plateau and you know not um, improve forward. But I think it's a constant kind of progression that I strive for. Yeah. Uh, like I said, I'm quite an ambitious person, and you the same as yourself. You've got visions of where you want to go. Yeah. Whereas you know, if you're in a nine to five job, and this is not a dig at anyone who's in a nine to five job. Um, and you you know there's no progression in your job. It's just you're working. Um, and by the way, I don't know anyone who works nine to five up here. It's eight to five. But, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But it's the fact not... that you you've got you've got the hands on the steering wheel, don't you? That, yeah, I think you've that's got that the control. Thing that... mm-hmm. Yeah, you've got that. Do you? It is what you make it at the end of the day. So it is quite exciting to be able to you know. Uh, improve and uh, evolve buy new buy new kit and just just become a better kind of version of yourself and a better version of the business there's no really stopping with it yeah depending on what you want to do of course but for me I've, I've i've constantly got visions of where i want to go and where i want to be so that's what kind of keeps me going mm-hmm. um, i'm excited uh what was the other question in what, the negative you know yeah what makes you basically want to sleep in the morning 
you know what what's one thing about the industry Just that life. <laughs> yeah. Um I think it's it's the stress for me personally. Uh mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know genetic because uh, any sort of business has those stresses but um I mean it's a big category that isn't it really because it's yeah, one thing yeah, that it is especially when you're doing it more part-time or if you're just dipping your toe in it it's almost like it's a, it's a release from either your normal time job or it's almost like a creative outburst and it's more I mean it can still be a hobby when when you're stressed about it but it's definitely more so when it's kind of worry-free no pressure but when you're trying to make big leaps I think it it can it can control you you know it can change how you behave in the evenings when you're back home if you know if you're susceptible to you know bringing your work home and all this sort of stuff so I get that that's like you say, it's across many businesses that that sort of run themselves, you know, the solo owner operators, what whatnot. But it's definitely something that I don't think there's any preparation for. Quite honestly, there's so many, so much advice you can give to people, but when you've yeah. got that feeling of stress and and you, you might your mind just won't switch off from whatever you're worrying about. I think you know, I think touching on that, and and I think I mentioned it in the first podcast we did. Um, I think it's trying to separate that, and of course you do need this this sort of personal side to the business because the business is you at the end of the day. But yeah, um, it's having that like hard skin, thick skin to to be able to put up with the the negatives that come along, um, and a lot of these negatives uh, come through people and who you deal with on a day to day basis. Uh, and I know that probably sounds like. Oh, God, you don't get on well with your customers and everything. I've got a great relationship with, you know, the majority of my customers. But yeah. um, there is obviously the odd th- hiccup, you know, like we spoke about yesterday yourself, you know, you're experiencing this too. There's the, the odd hiccup um, that goes along uh, that you've kind of just got to take on the chin and just uh, work around it. But I really kind of struggle to not take these things personally. Yeah. Um, if I get, you know, if you get, a, you know, a, a shitty message from some someone, it's very hard for me to switch off. I, I kind of, yeah. I want to either phone them straight away or you know go around yeah. and see them and resolve whatever the issue might be. Yeah, um, just so I can kind of sleep at night, you know. Because I, I, at the end of the day, I do care. Um, I do want to make people happy, and I, I do fully appreciate you can't make everyone happy. But um, it is, it's yeah, that's probably one of the things I struggle with the most. Um. Is, is people and dealing with people but at the end of the day you know yourself i'm i'm very much a people person yeah uh, but it's it's the the minority that kind of spoil it for every, everyone else. yeah well that's it and you know there's a point of it where i believe it everything's balanced you know and as we were saying in last week's podcast <clears throat> in in you know it was the whole fact of you know there's never really a perfect balance you always something's always going to outweigh the other and it's it's that with with clients i suppose where you can try everything you can but it could even be down to price you could be perfect in every area that you quote and carrying out the yeah. job but the client could still turn around and give you a three-star rating because they're like it was too expensive whereas for anyone that gets you know that follows the reviews and chases up on getting reviews on google or Trustpilot or wherever you get your reviews from you know, yeah. you you take them personally, especially as a smaller business, these micro businesses. 100%. You know, it it feels like it's against you and not and not the business to an example. So I fully understand what you mean there, Ben, with 
want to chase it up and resolve it. I think it's a, hopefully I would like to think it's a, a sign of a good business owner, to be honest. It's a, it's a good example of what you just, you just said there, then um, that even pricing, um, mm. someone, if someone like declines your price, um, it, it's like a, it's like a kick in the, the stomach. <laughs> like, it's like, oh my God. Yeah. You feel, you feel, I feel personally, well, I think everyone will kind of get to the point, and I'm kind of leaning that way. Depends how busy you are, but we'll get yeah. to the point. You know, you give a price, they say no, you'd be like, no bother, that's fine. I'm busy yeah. enough to not worry about, you know, I think it's self-belief and worth and being humble about it as well and not being too stuck, you know, stuck up. But yeah. if you've not got time for people, you know, complain about prices etc and you're busy enough as it is and and your work proves for itself i think that's i think that's a good position to be in and that's one i'm definitely aiming to like try and stay in um but i think i think it's just that that personal side of things that it's hard to to get uh to get away from Mm -hmm. um but i do think it's a good good place to be to try and just you know, emotionally detach yourself from yeah. from things sometimes, and just say, you know what, I'm busy enough to yeah. to not worry about this. You know, we've got so much work on as it is. Um, you know, I think well, that's that's a good place to be. But what's crazy with that is the only difference between them two things is perception, isn't it? The only yeah. thing that's actually different, you've put in a, someone's <laughs> asked you for a job, you've put in a quote, and you know whether it's been accepted or refused, or let's say it's been refused. Yeah. The only difference to how you feel about it is the fact of how busy you are or not. And, you know, and, and that's generally the way it kind of is anyway. If you want the work, then of course you want the quote to be accepted. So yeah, the, yeah. the only thing different, whether you feel bad about it or not, is whether you think, oh, well, I'm all right. I don't need it. And it's and I'm talking about this openly, not just like t- straight to you. And it's uh, it is it just shows the power of if what is it? I think there's a there's a t- statistic that it's. For every one negative thought, I think it takes seven positive ones to to counter lever like it. it. Yeah, it's it's something like that, and, yeah. it, and it's just this whole thing of you know the men the mentality within you is such a strong force to sort of mess with that. Truly, if you're positive about going in now, and, and even if you just practice being positive, so you know it feels like you've been kicked in the stomach, but you go. It's all right, and you tell yourself it's all right on the next one, and you know you're doing this self-talk. Then it could lead you a whole different way for when the next one comes. Then if you just drowned in it, you know what it's, I mean. So yeah, it's like it's like you say there. I mean, we could go on forever and ever, and <laughs> there's yeah. this little, little little branches coming off of this. Um, but you know, and I'm sure everyone's going to relate to this uh, to me saying this. But you go and place a job for someone, and you can you, know, you give them the price, they know, and you're just like you're a bit down, etc. And then you go and price the next job, and you get it, and it kind of brings you back up. Yeah. But when you when you you you, know, you lose that job initially, you kind of doubt yourself. I personally, for me, I doubt myself. Like, am I charging too much? Yeah. But then the next one comes along, and the customer is like, "Yeah, perfect, no problem." So <laughs> it, it's you know you, you've probably you've experienced it yourself. Yeah. Um, it's it's just. <laughs> you're always going to come across people that aren't going to pay for, or or, or simply can't even afford it. That, that yeah. that's something we need to, to you know, consider as well. Mm-hmm. Some people just won't have that in their budget, which is fair enough. 
Um, but even then, it's still kicking teeth, thinking, oh, God, should it be in their budget? But it, there's so many variables and so much to think about. It is, um, it's very hard to, to, like you say, find that balance. Yeah, absolutely. It almost reminded me there of you saying that, that I think the new, the way the handicaps work in golf now, and I, I could be incorrect with this next part, but it's something like your handicap changes with, uh, within your last, it takes in the account your last 18 games of golf, I believe it is, like competition right. rounds of golf. So, yeah. you know, it does it as a complete average. And it right. almost okay. reminded me of that and the fact of, like, you can play, a, you could play awesome golf today, but then shoot, you know, 40 over par tomorrow and play terrible. Like, yeah. it doesn't mean that you're really bad or on the days when you're doing really good that you're all of a sudden, you know, a pro golfer. <laughs> you know, yeah. if you take in your last 20 games or if you, in this instance, you know, you write down your last 10 quotes, right? I've done 10 quotes now. Seven of them are accepted, but the last three have, like, been declined. You know, you might feel a bit bummed out that the last three has been declined, but you won the seven before, you know what I mean? So it's it's that almost zooming out a little bit and going, right, you know, let's look at it from a from a step back rather than being so, you know, so much of the time we're we're, we're nose to nose with with the business, aren't we? Like you're so close yeah. to it that it's very easy to get tangled into it. Whereas sometimes you need to just take that step back, go right. Well, how's it actually doing? You know, take like I've said before, take your data. You know, keep data on what's happening, whether it's the time it takes you to do a certain type of job, or your quotes, or the amount of calls that are coming through for advertising. Uh, off the back of advertising, sorry, you know, all of these things are, are stuff that you should kind of take in and then evaluate from there rather than, you know, being nose to nose, like I say, and just going, oh, it's going terrible or, oh, it's going great off just one instance. Yeah, no, definitely. I totally agree. Um, it's like you said there about, I suppose, and uh, we we do get tangled up and we, we do forget and, you forget to look back, and even on the, even on the good points, it's very, again, like you said about the negatives. The negative mm-hmm. outweighs the, you know, the positives so much. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's just one of those things to bear in mind, and I, I do still, you know, kind of struggle with that, yeah, as you know. So, um, I, and I think that's completely natural for everyone to kind of feel like that. So, yeah, um, and it yeah, is. But you know, like round rounding this podcast up. I think it just shows that like the common theme throughout today is that there's so many, the whole thing has been the pro- the positives and negatives about each one of these different sectors within, you know, what could be your type of business. And it just shows that no matter where you think you're going with it or if you're stuck, you know, a community like what's online at the moment is one to truly tap into. And if you are just solo owner operator, even if it's the fact that you don't want to grow, that's where you want to stay, but you're yeah. stuck, then, you know, then reach out and have these conversations because there is so many different sides to it. And like me and Ben said there, we sat down over coffees and, you know, had a chat about what's going well for us in the past few weeks and what's going, uh, what's not going so well. So it's really uh, something that can bring out a lot in you and it can get you thinking about, right, what am I going to do next? Even though I thought I was stuck in a corner for a little while. So, you know, it's something that I definitely advise people to do. But Ben, look, thank you very much for joining us on this week's podcast. I hope uh, I hope you've enjoyed your time on it. And I'm sure everyone's taken away a lot from the podcast. But, um, you know, it's such a great thing to be able to have someone come on and be so open about the way they run it. And I know it's not easy answering sort of the negatives and positives on each one because everyone's situations are different. 
and obviously everyone's views as well. But no, so I've got to really thank you for coming on and being so honest about it. Yeah, so I'm no worries at all. I really enjoy, you know, speaking in general. And I, I think networking's invaluable. Like, I find myself so many times jumping onto, like, Facebook groups, Long Care Legends, mm-hmm. and just seeing what people get up to on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. Um, I, I thoroughly enjoy that. I, I enjoy listening to all these podcasts, watching videos, um, especially the UK-based videos, because I yeah. feel like there's quite a lack of that. Um, which I hopefully going to tap into um, yeah. as well. So, yeah, it's uh, it's it's definitely definitely invaluable, and I'd, I'd highly recommend uh, people get involved with each other and um, just reach out. Yeah, but yeah, so thanks for having me. I do no. appreciate, it. <laughs> of course. <laughs> no, that's all right. And get move on with that YouTube channel. I'm still waiting. Ah, uh, yeah, <laughs> a few people have said that, but uh, we'll see. Watch watch the space. Yeah, absolutely. Right, everyone, thank you very much for joining us in this week's episode. I hope you've been able to take something away from that. And like I say, the whole basis of when I set up this podcast episode was for it to be purely just an open chat as if we were sort of sat across a lunch table, like just just chewing the fat there. So I hope you've enjoyed that sort of take on it. Any questions at all with how Ben's run it, or even if you're close to going, you know, VAT registered and you've got a few questions, I know he's very happy to help. So please get in touch if needs be. But for this week's episode, thank you very much for joining us and take care and we'll see you next week.